Hello, everyone. My name is Byron Howell, and this is the Byron Howell Ministries podcast. Thank you for joining me today. We've got kind of a special session this week. Um, Today is February 11th, 2023. The past couple of days, I've been at Andrew Womack's Gospel Truth Conference over in Orlando. Uh, It was just amazing. Uh, You should definitely check it out on YouTube. Andrew spoke really about finding God's plan for your life. Use some verses in Deuteronomy to do that. Very powerful. I mean, I I got so much. Uh, Carly and Ashley Terrades were ministering with him. We were super excited to see them. We also are partners with their ministry as well as Andrew's. So it was just, it was a super time for us. Carly uh, just had an amazing healing service, miracles, all sorts of testimonies for miracles. And then Ashley really spoke about finances in his two sessions and just, you know, not letting the spirit of mammon control how you deal with your finances and how the key to really supernatural financial breakthrough is in your giving, which I totally believe. I don't know if, you know, how much I've gotten into that before. I'm sure I have, but it was just phenomenal. So I know a lot of it's up on YouTube now. uh, And then, you know, eventually it'll be kind of permanently available on Andrew's website. I believe that's how he does it. But you should definitely check it out. It was phenomenal. But today I am talking about something that I'm at least equally excited about, if not more so. And this is our prayer and healing class that we are doing at Grace Family Church. And what I'm going to do today is really the same teaching that I taught on Wednesday night at the prayer and healing class Uh, which was the first class of our fourth semester, our spring 2023 semester. Uh, We wait and we start all our groups at Grace Family Church, you know, really the first week in February. So this is our first week back. And I had the honor of teaching this session. And it's uh, it's just such a phenomenal class. And I realized like 30 seconds in that I hadn't started my phone to record and I was annoyed with myself. But, you know, I think this is going to be a better presentation anyway. It's going to be a better record quality. And really the primary reason I'm doing this is because I want anyone who's thought about coming to the prayer and healing class, I want them to be able to hear this because I really did like a very foundational you know, logistical layer overview of of the class and what we're going to be talking about this semester. And I just wanted to share this so people could have it so that if you were ever thought about coming out, you could see what what it's all about. And so people could share this with their friends. So uh, so that's really what we're going to talk about this week. And let me just say, even if you have no interest in the prayer and healing class or you don't live in Tampa, you know, the first few minutes I, I kind of go through these logistics. But then the the latter half of this or, the you know, the the bulk of this teaching tonight, I go through the biblical underpinning the biblical foundation of our class. And it is going to bless you because I really talk about, you know, all these just amazing blessings from God that are available to every single Christian. That is something that really fires me up. I love learning about what's available to everyone. Um, and, I'll, you know, I'll get into that a little bit. I don't want to get ahead of myself. But uh, but anyway, so that's why I say even if you're not local, even if, you know, prayer and healing is just not going to happen for you for any reason, I think this teaching is still really going to bless you. So, you know, prayer and healing class, we're coming into our fourth semester. It's It's been such a blessing. It's been so amazing. We've learned so much. There have been, you know, healings, miracles, testimonies. We've gotten a lot of people baptized in the Holy Spirit. 
and it's really been wonderful. We're so thankful to Pastor Craig and Pastor Chris and all the other leaders that have been supportive. And then, you know, to really the three people that that started the class, which are uh, Pastor Dale Brooks, who's gone on to be with the Lord, Pastor Doug Henders, and then Rasan Hussein. Rasan's also, she moved away, uh, so she's not with us anymore either. She's still with us in spirit, obviously. She still shares with me, you know, a lot of, you know, what she believes she's hearing from God and pointers for the class. Rasan, if you do hear this, I'm so appreciative for everything you continue to share with us. And, um, you know, so those three people, they started the class and they absolutely just, just laid just an amazing foundation. So blessed to spend time with them, to get to know them. And now, you know, we carry on. And, you know, so Pastor Doug and I, along with a, a number of people we're going to be, uh, I'm going to be speaking about shortly, you know, we're carrying on and, and you know, the, there's so many wonderful things that are going to come out of prayer and healing. And, you know, we really have spent over the past couple of months uh, praying, speaking, meeting, we, we email with each other and just, you know, what is the right thing to do? What is the best way for this class forward? And, you know, we've definitely come up with some some new and innovative features and some ways we're going to do things a little differently. So just so you know, each week at Prayer and Healing, we meet at the Carrollwood campus of Grace Family Church, which is on uh, West Waters Avenue. You can Google that. I don't have the address right in front of me, but it's West Waters Avenue in Tampa, Carrollwood campus of Grace Family Church, 7 p.m. Wednesday night. You can always reach out to me if you need any other logistical information. Um, if your kids are sixth grade through high school, United is also going on at the same time at the Grace campus. My daughter, uh, who's uh, sixth grade, she goes, she loves it. She has a blast. Pastor Jerry Batista, Pastor Alex Velos are the campus pastors there. They're awesome. So I can't recommend it enough. But so that's every Wednesday, 7 p.m., and so we'll start each week now. This is kind of a new thing we're doing is we're going to start with some worship time. You know, the Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people, that we enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. And just after one week, oh, my gosh, I don't think we were the half half a song in when I knew it was the right move. It was powerful. Uh it was it was just the presence of God. It was so strong just right off the bat. I knew it was the right move. So thankful that we can do that and that, you know, Grace has provided the resources and the, the technical, you know, whatever, so we can have the songs and a little bit of worship time. From the, after that, we're going to go to, a, you know, kind of a 30-minute teaching session. We're going to be talking about, you know, obviously we're going to talk about a lot about prayer, a lot about healing, a lot about the Holy Spirit. You know, so important, spiritual disciplines, hearing from God, spiritual gifts, and really this kind of next level deeper topics and you know we're again just so thankful that we have the opportunity because the guys these topics are extremely important they're extremely wonderful extremely powerful for really stepping into you know the next level of God's plan for your life I mean obviously God's plan starts with salvation and grows from there we'll talk about that a little bit more in a few minutes but so those are just kind of an overview of what we're going to be talking talking about. And then after uh, our our sermon, so to speak, or our teaching time, we're going to go into an activation. Now, an activation is basically going to be a prayer or discussion prompt 
for us to open ourselves up to what God wants to do in these meetings, to move in our spiritual giftings and to grow in community. And I know that's kind of a mouthful, so let me break it down, especially if you've never been in class before. In our class, we see, uh, excuse me, sit in groups of like eight or nine people in circular tables. And so after the teaching, then we break up and really have our table time. And let me just say, you know, it's not like any table time I've ever been a part of. And I've been honored to lead tables at different things, different classes at Grace. You know, it's really fun to be in community, to get to know people at your table. But this is table, this is table time on another level. We are laying hands on each other. We are praying for each other. We are hearing God for each other. We did this table time. I, I, to be honest with you, because I've been, I've taught a lot of the classes at prayer and healing. I've taught a lot. I want people to be able to, to freely say, you know, that was terrible. Byron's no good. Byron's unscripted. I want them to be able to talk about me freely. So I don't join the tables as often as I should. That'll change this semester because we're inviting a lot more speakers, which I'm really excited about. Really just an idea that God downloaded to me in, a, in an instant. You know, God just revealed to me how anointed one of our fellow leaders are. And then, you know, really just from there, you know, guys, these guys are all, they're, they're all so anointed. They're all so powerful and guys and ladies, I should say. They all should be teaching. I mean, I felt like God just dropped this on me, went to Pastor Doug. He was totally on board. So, you know, I'm digressing a little bit, but let me just say, this is table time on another level. And one night, you know, Rasan was teaching and, and she gave us this prayer prompt about, you know, spend some time, visualize yourself being the woman that touched the hem of Jesus's garment, uh, visualize yourself going to Jesus. And so we did that at this at, at our table and I was with these people. I didn't even know these people at all. And we went through this activation and then it was just like the Holy Spirit just landed on our table. I mean, I know he's within us. I get all of that. But man, do we step into the presence of God. And here I am with these people I barely even know. And we're just having this unbelievable spiritual moment. And that's really what these activations are designed to do. Designed to really take us into that fellowship with the Holy Spirit to a deeper level of, of interaction with the Holy Spirit. But also that's creating community on another level. I mean, we looked at each other after this prayer time, just like, wow, God, that was amazing. You know, and just knowing that, you know, anyway, you know, uh, I don't want to go on and on, but I'm just telling you, this is not your standard table time or, you know, uh, I, not everybody loves table time. I won't get into that. Not everybody loves that, but I'm just telling you, this is powerful. This is different. Wednesday night, I just, I just, I had already taught. So I just sat down at Carlos's table and, uh, listened to him and, and with, um, you know, a couple other people. And it was just, it was just awesome. So let me just say this table time is going to absolutely bless you. And then after that, we will obviously every week, all of our prayer leaders will then come to the front of the room and anybody that needs prayer really for anything, but especially you have a healing need, you have a deliverance need, you know, you want to intercede for somebody, you want somebody to be there with you to pray about whatever's going on in your life. We are there. And, you know, the beauty of this is, is we've got the time. Uh, you know, I'm not trying to blow my own horn. I don't think anybody's saying that. But my point is that the leaders at this class, we know the word. We spend time with the word. We spend time with God and we are ready to pray and we love you. So let me just talk briefly about the leaders. Uh, Carlos Rivas, 
He's been at Grace for a long time. I mean, honestly, watching this guy minister to someone one time, I didn't even really know him, and I just watched him minister under the fellowship and unction of the Holy Spirit, and I was just blown away. I was like, this guy is on another level. And uh, so he's one of our leaders. And then Rachel Starrett, I mean, super gifted. She works at Grace. Uh, she's involved in various creative things. To be honest, I'm not sure exactly what all she's involved in, but she just has a, a very strong education, especially in spiritual gifts and moving in the flow with the Holy Spirit. Really excited to have her. Dr. Daniel Nevels. Uh, Dr. Daniel is just, he's an awesome guy. I mean, he was telling me all the different things he does with the body of Christ on a regular basis, all the different people he's involved with. He also has a real, you know, spiritual vision, uh, you know, really seeing what the Lord wants to do in the atmosphere. Love, love being around him. My dad was having this tent revival out on my dad's property one night. And I, I just shot up out there by myself just to kind of go and, and see what was going on. And, and there was Dr. Daniel, you know, it was so cool to run, in, run into each other because Dr. Daniel, I mean, he's out there, you know, doing what God's doing in this community. Next is Pastor Stephanie Parker. She's actually a, an associate pastor at Morningstar, uh, which is on Linebaugh Avenue, another great place. And, um, but you know, we're just so blessed to have her with us. I mean, she's, uh, she's got like a, like a counseling ministry that she does. Very wise, you know, anointed woman of God. Very, very excited to have her with us. And then obviously Pastor Doug Henders. He is without a doubt the spiritual father of our group. Um, you know, he's been in ministry probably longer than I've been alive. I mean, Jesus freak back back in the day and, and just the Holy Spirit got a hold of him and never let go. And here he is, you know, still giving it his all, still fired up. Actually, he and I, tomorrow, we've started visiting the campuses. Just he and I going to these campuses and talking to different campus pastors. We're going out to the Ebor campus tomorrow to meet with their prayer team. And, you know, so what's true, what I'm about to say about him is true for every one of these leaders. You know, not one of us are paid to be there. Not one of those awesome people, they're paid to be, they're not compensated, they're not forced to be there. Even, you know, Rachel who works for the church, you know, she she doesn't have to be there. She doesn't have to do that. She has small children. She could do all sorts of different things with her Wednesday night. But that's true for every one of them. You know, they're there because they love God. They love people. They love the ministry. They love the freedom that, you know, we have in this room to minister under the anointing of the Holy Spirit and to teach the Word of God on these deeper matters. So I'm going to say this, and this I say this with all sincerity. I've never been more excited to be a part of a class and to, to sit under this group of teachers. You know, I don't know that there's ever been a class like this. And, you know, I don't really, it's not about my role. It doesn't matter what my role is. You know, I'm just trying to, to do my best to be a part of it and to help in any way that I can. And, you know, I'll just say, you know, what I what I told them is, you know, as, as we were discussing all of them teaching, you know, I truly want them to feel free to just just come and bring it. You know, obviously, as I discussed a second ago, we have kind of a subject matter that we're going through this semester. But I just want them to, you know, just whatever the Lord lays on the heart, their hearts, they are so anointed, they're powerful. And I want them to come and just feel a freedom from from us, from the church to move and to speak about what God wants them to talk about. So it's going to be an amazing semester. We're also going to do other things. I think we're going to do a panel one night. We're going to do worship at least one night. Uh, Misty Umholtz, 
another longtime Grace uh, person, very anointed woman of God, very knowledgeable. She has a podcast called uh, Grow in Knowledge with Misty Umholtz. She she knows all sorts about healing and the move of God and spiritual discipline. So she's going to be sharing with us one night. That's going to be great. Uh, just more logistics. We have the Facebook page now. It's a private group for, for prayer and healing at Grace. They do the private group not to be exclusive in any way, just for some different reasons they were trying to explain to me. It made a lot of sense, but I can't repeat it all. So if you want to be a part of that Facebook uh, group, please just Facebook friend request me. I can send you an invite. If we're already Facebook friends, let me know. And uh, But let me just say it's going to be really cool because I'm like the admin. It's kind of my job, at least at this moment to keep this Facebook page rolling and they want me to post at least three times a week. Well, that's not going to be difficult for me because I'm just going to start sharing all the awesome materials that I've been exposed to over the last years, you know, books, sermons, teachers, you know, healing this Holy Spirit that I'm going to just start sharing this stuff. And um, and so it's going to be a great resource for you to to come on check that page regularly if you need sermons you need books you need resources whatever i'm not in love with the idea of the word resource as a verb but i admit i've started using it you know we want to resource you if you're going through a financial problem we want to resource you with books we want to get you to the right teachers that can show you god's will for your life same with healing same with family issues whatever it is um, so, you know, as you can hear, I'm passionate about this class. I'm super excited about this class. Uh, and we are going to have a phenomenal semester. And I'm just, you know, to the extent any of the pastors or the, the upper levels at Grace Family Church happen to hear this, I just want to say thank you again. Because, because it, things are happening. We are blessed and we're very thankful. So now with our remaining time tonight, I want to look at the Word of God, and I want to look at some biblical foundations for the prayer and healing class. But as I said before, these are these are not just foundations for prayer and healing, but this is this is truly the Word of God for our lives, for every single one of us. And again, you know, uh, you know, I I'm not sure. I think it's a very complicated subject when you think about you know things that God may have only for you or only for me, you know, there's kind of like a shorter list, right? I mean, obviously God only has one spouse for you. You know, we can't all live in the same home, right? God has a specific will for your life and specific things he wants to get into your life. But truly, you know, some of the most important blessings that God has for us, the most wonderful aspects of our existence are available to everyone. I love when I see something in the Word of God that I know is for all of God's people. And truly, just just looking at the blessings He has for us that are available to all of His children, I mean, that absolutely fires me up. So that's a lot of what we're going to look into tonight. But I'm going to start with Galatians 3, 5. And it says, He that He therefore that ministers to you the Spirit and works miracles among you, does he it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Now that is a jam-packed verse, but let me just say at prayer and healing, we are going to follow the paradigm of that verse. We are going to minister to you the Spirit and work miracles among you. And I, yeah, yeah, that is a bold claim, but you know what? I'm bold on the Word of God, not in my strength, not in my ability. I'm the first to tell you that 
There is no strength over here without God. There is no ability over here without God. I've got nothing without him. But we are going to, at prayer and healing, we are going to minister the Spirit. We're going to minister to people the baptism and the Holy Spirit. We're going to help activate people in their spiritual gifts. We're going to have, help activate people in their fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And we are going to work miracles because that is what every Christian is called to do. We'll see that specifically in the Word of God a moment from now, a few moments from now. But notice it says, He that ministers to you the Spirit and works miracles among you, does he it by the works of the law? And the answer to that is no, not by the works of the law. In fact, there is no works paradigm in Christianity. There is no system of wages to earn anything from God, not the Holy Spirit, not miracles, not your salvation, nothing. We're not going to be there telling you, well, you have to do this, 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 this. You have to, you know, be so holy to get the Holy Spirit or, you know, really, you know, make sure every aspect of your life is pure before you can experience a miracle. No, it's not about that. And that's not true. I and mean, you look at the word of God, you know, you look at the people that Jesus ministered miracles to. There wasn't one of them was a, that was a Christian yet. Nobody was a Christian. Jesus hadn't died and, and risen again yet. You look at uh, every one of them still had problems. Every one of them was still in their sins. And Jesus healed them all. Je Jesus showed the love of God to every one of them. I'm not suggesting by any means that we condone sin or unholy, ungodly behavior. But my point is, is that we don't earn the fellowship with the Holy Spirit. We don't earn our salvation. We don't earn miracles. But how are they ministered? It says, does he, does he do that ministering by the work of the law or by the hearing of faith? That's the model. That is the biblical paradigm. If I want to minister the Holy Spirit to somebody or if I want to work a miracle in somebody's life under the power of God, of course, we do it by the hearing of faith. So what is that exactly? Romans ten seventeen. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The hearing of faith is when I teach you what the word of God says that goes into your heart as a seed. And now faith is produced in your heart to take what God has provided for you. If I preach the word of God to you for salvation, that Jesus died on the cross and rose again on the third day. And if you accept him as your Lord and Savior, you will be saved from your sins with a ticket to heaven for eternity. Praise the Lord. If I preach that to you out of Romans chapter 10, for example, that will build faith in your heart and you can now accept the Lord Jesus Christ with that salvation faith and get saved. If I preach to you that Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals, wants you healed, now faith will rise up in your heart and you can receive that ministry. If I teach you about the Holy Spirit and his gifts and, you know, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, now you can have faith in your heart and take that because it's by the word of God that faith comes. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So truly the hearing of faith is when we preach the word of God to you, show you the will of God for your life, and then faith rises in your heart to take it. So let's keep going here. Let's look. I'm now going to preach the word of God to you. I'm going to preach faith into you, and I'm going to show you God's will for your life. And, and you know, you know, the idea that God's will for our life is a great mystery 
is, is it, it can be partially true. And I'm going to agree with that statement. God's specific will for your life, this is 1 Corinthians chapter 2, is in fact a hidden secret. God hides it, hides his will for your life from you. All right, believe it or not, he hides it from you and everyone else to protect it. And then as you grow, as you mature, not earning, but maturing, as you grow, as you mature, as you draw closer to God, he reveals his will for your life, his specific will by the Holy Spirit. But there is a tremendous amount of his will for your life that we know beyond the shadow of a doubt from the word of God. And this is God's will for all of our lives. First Timothy chapter two, verses three through four. This is good and pleases God, our savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. So God wants you to be saved. God wants you to know the truth about the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the truth about God, the truth about the Holy Spirit. He wants us to get saved and start to understand the truth about God and his will. Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. You see, when you receive salvation, you are created again in your spirit. It's not your body, it's not your brain, but in your spirit, you are born again, a new creation created in Christ to do good works, which God has planned for you. So God wants you saved and God wants you to start walking in his plan for your life. And that's not just, you know, one thing, one special thing that you might do one day. No, that's not a biblical idea. God has a good plan for your life and it's a lot of good works all along the way. No matter how old you are, no matter how much money you have, no matter what kind of education you have, God has good works that he's prepared for you. And let me just tell you, in those works, you will find the plan of God for your life, the adventure of God for your life, the relationships that God has for your life. I mean, truly the wonderful, exciting, adventurous existence of Christianity that is unrivaled by anything else the world could bring you. That will be found in your salvation and as you begin doing the good works God has planned for you. John 10, 27 my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Hearing from God is absolutely one of the top, you know, whatever, three, four subjects that should be taught, should be learned, should be understood by every Christian. And notice what Jesus said. Every one of his sheep hear his voice. He knows them and we follow Jesus. He knows us. We know his voice. We follow Jesus. God's will for your life is to get saved and to hear his voice into his plan for your life. We hear his voice, obviously, through the word of God, but we hear his voice in all the other communication methods that the word of God describes. The still small voice of the Holy Spirit, dreams, dreams and visions, the prophetic voice of other ministers, the, all the different communication methods that the Bible describes. I've got other podcasts about that you could always listen to if you're interested. So God wants us to hear his voice and I know that doesn't come naturally. God is a spirit. He speaks spiritually on the spiritual wavelength. But this is a crucial subject. And let me just say, my Christian brother or sister, it is a fact that God wants you regularly 
and clearly hearing from him so that you can walk out every aspect of his will for your life. Romans 12, 3, moving on. God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. You know, we don't really believe in the concept that some people have big faith and some people have little faith. No, God has given every one of us the measure of faith. Now, some people might use it more. Some people might understand it better. Some people know how to live by faith. You have to learn how to live and walk in your faith. But every one of us has faith. Christian, listen to me. The fact is, you have mountain-moving faith inside of you right now. The Bible says four times that the just shall live by faith. Faith is extremely important. By faith and patience, we inherit God's promises. So we'll be talking about faith over the course of this semester. Romans 5.5. God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. That, That is too unbelievably powerful statements in one. When you become a Christian, the Holy Spirit of God is given to you. He is the gift and he comes and lives and bonds with your spirit. And now you are united with God in spirit. And so the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, is better if I go away, because if I don't go away, the Father won't send the Holy Spirit. So Jesus left in part, so that God would send the Holy Spirit to live inside of every one of us, his sheep. How are we going to know his voice? One of the primary ways we're going to know his voice is through the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Jesus wanted us to get saved. Uh, Jesus wants us to have the Holy Spirit. Jesus wants us to start hearing from him, start using our faith, and start doing the good works that he's planned for us. That is the truth. But notice also it says God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes, he comes with the agape love of God. Look, I know I'm talking fast. I'll try to slow down a bit. But you have, my Christian brother or sister, you have in, G- in addition to the faith, in addition to the Holy Spirit, you have the agape love of God. And you'll remember that the first and greatest commandment is love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, strength. And the second is like unto it, love thy neighbor as thyself. You know, I don't know about you, but I find it hard to love, especially when I'm trying to do it in my own strength. I go through life just like you. Everybody's got a tough job. Everybody has to do, deal with difficult people. Everybody has frustrations. But what we have to do is understand that in fact, we have the agape love of God inside of us and we are called to live in that love and use that love. And that love is the key is, I mean, it is absolutely one of the master keys to living in God's plan for our life and doing the good works that he has planned for us. 1 Corinthians twelve seven: a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Now, if you study the word of God, you'll learn that there are nine spiritual gifts. There's the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, there's utterance gifts, prophecies, uh you know, speaking in unknown languages, that's the miraculous gift where you can speak in a language that you don't know, that you haven't learned. Then there's also the working of miracles, working of healings. I know I missed a couple, but let me just say the good news is, is every one of us has been given a spiritual gift. And yes, some people have multiple gifts and praise God if, you, if you're a multiple gift person. But the good news is, is every single one of us has a spiritual gift to operate on a supernatural, miraculous level to help each other.
very powerful, very truth, very important component of uh, living in the good works that God has planned for you. And I'm let me just say, you know, I know, I know that millions and millions of people don't believe in the spiritual gifts anymore. They believe they've passed away. They believe all sorts of stuff, but they're just wrong. That's just all there is to it. They're wrong. That's not a biblically accurate statement. And I don't want to judge anybody. I don't want to condemn anybody. But I do want to tell you that if you're listening to this and you're thinking, man, I don't believe in the spiritual gifts anymore. or I don't think it's true that I have a spiritual gift because I heard whatever. Well, that's just wrong. And my Christian brother or sister, you have the Holy Spirit. You have the agape love of God. You have mountain moving faith and you have a supernatural spiritual gift from God that God wants you to use in the good plans, the good works that he's prepared for you. So now let's move on a little bit. That's a lot about, you know, God's plan for your life and just some wonderful aspects. But let's move a little bit to the promises of God. And, you know, we're going to be talking about these a lot this semester, too. You know, how do we know that God has, you know, healing for your life, prosperity for your life, you know, a good relationship with your family members? How do we know what God really has for your life so that we can come and pray with you in faith and power. It's because of the word of God, you know, and and remember the hearing of faith. See, I've heard the word of God. I've heard about the promises of God, not because, you know, I want to have these good things in my life. No, because God wants me to have them in my life. I want the promises of God because God wants them in my life. And when I have the promises of God, well, it just makes me a more effective soldier in the kingdom of God. I can, I'm better at ministering to others. I'm better at testifying of the goodness of God. I'm better at glorifying God with my very existence, which is what we're after. Second Corinthians 1.20, for all the promises of God in him are yes and in him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. So the hymn in that verse is Jesus. You see, under the old covenant, under the Jewish law, all of God's blessings and promises were conditional. If you obeyed, you were entitled to the promises and you would see them show up in your life. But Jesus lived the perfect life. And when, when Jesus went to the cross, he exchanged his righteousness for our sins. When God sees us now, he no longer sees us as a broke, busted, and disgusted sinner. He sees us as his righteous sons and daughters, righteous with his own righteousness. It's unbelievably powerful truth there. And because Jesus was perfect and was entitled to obtain all the promises, we now are entitled to them as well. Not because of what we've done, but because of what he did. And in fact, the Bible says, uh, by faith and patience, we inherit the promises. And one of the key parts of that verse is teaching us that in fact, we inherit the promises. They are our inheritance. And Jesus obtained them. We are the joint heir with Christ. And these promises are our inheritance. Financial promises, family promises, healing promises, emotional promises like joy and peace. These are our inheritance and God wants them for our lives. So let's talk about healing for a second. Oh, and I don't want to forget, you know, it says all the promises of God in him are yes and in him. Amen. Unto the glory of God. When the promises of God are in our lives, it brings God glory. 
It brings God glory to see us healed. It brings God glory to see us prospered. It brings God glory to see us walking in love and unity with others in our lives. You see, that's what brings God glory. All right, I don't want to go off on that subject, but let me just say, when you see the promises of God in your life and you glorify God and you praise God and you thank, thank God, you testify to others about the goodness of God in your life, that brings God glory. Exodus fifteen twenty six. God himself speaking. He says, quote, I am the Lord who heals you. That's where we get the name Jehovah Rapha from, the Lord who heals. God himself calls himself a healer. You know, he was a healer for the Israelites in the wilderness. He was a healer for the Israelites in Israel and in Judah and in those days. He was a healer. In the ministry of Jesus, that's why we see Jesus going about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. He was a healer through the ministry of the apostles and the disciples and how we see every single person that came to them for healing. Every single person that came to Jesus for healing, all were healed because that's who God is. And as the ages pile themselves on one another, that's what it says in one translation, you know, and in the eternity of eternities, he will still be a healer because in Malachi 3, 6, he says, I, the Lord, do not change. You see, God, the Jehovah Rapha that we see in the Bible, that is the perfect description, representation, exact likeness of God. And the, the Jehovah Rapha that we see in his son, Jesus Christ, ministering in the four gospels, uh, that is God. He is a healer. He always will be a healer. And look at Isaiah 53, 4 through 5. Surely, this is talking about Jesus. This is one of the great prophecies about Jesus. It says, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. You say, in the greatest act of healing that Jehovah Rapha could ever conceive, he took every sickness, every disease, and he put them on his son, Jesus Christ. When Jesus Christ went to the cross, he suffered for us. He endured for us. And now, in the same way, his body was broken for us by his stripes. We can be healed. And, you know, it's not automatic. I wish that it was. I really do. But it's not. And we have to learn how to see the healing power of God flow into our physical bodies. And that's, you know, definitely another subject that we've talked about. And let me just say, I have a lot of episodes on this podcast talking about healing. And feel free to check that out. Uh, also, I have a lot of recordings from our other classes at Prayer and Healing where we've talked at length about healing, healing apologetics. If you have questions about whether it's God's will to heal, please check that one out as well. Uh, but again, healing, very important part of our class, and it absolutely is God's will for your life. Now, listen to what John the Baptist says, moving to the Holy Spirit a little bit. This is Matthew 3.11. John the Baptist, before the earthly ministry of Jesus even began, before Jesus started ministering, John the Baptist said, I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone is coming soon who is greater than I am, so much greater that I am not worthy even to be his slave and carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. You see, Jesus wants to baptize every single Christian. 
with the Holy Spirit and fire. It is God's will for your life for you to be baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire. And maybe you did receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit at your salvation, which I believe is uh, at, that's Acts chapter 10. We see that happen to the Gentiles when they got saved at Cornelius' house. But maybe not. Maybe like the Samaritans in Acts chapter 8. Maybe like the Ephesians in Acts chapter 19. Maybe like Paul in Acts chapter 9. Maybe you didn't get the baptism of the Holy Spirit the moment that you received your salvation. But that's okay. That's no problem. God wants you to have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's a separate experience where, where literally you are baptized. You are clothed upon with the power of God. Immersed into the Holy Spirit. Let's look at a couple of other verses to give us a good idea about the importance of that. This is Acts 1, 4 through 8. Jesus says, now this is the last conversation between Jesus and the disciples before he goes back to heaven. So that was what John the Baptist said before Jesus' ministry even began. There's one coming after me. He baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire. Now, years later, when Jesus is just about to go back to heaven... Permanently, after the death and resurrection, listen to what Jesus says in the last conversation he has with the disciples. Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. There is so much we could say there, but let's just keep it simple. Remember, the baptized, or excuse me, the disciples had already worked miracles. They'd already cast out demons. They'd already healed a whole bunch of people. But Jesus was saying, there is a separate experience with the Holy Spirit where you are going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And when that happens, you will receive power. That word in the Greek is dunamis. It's the miracle working power of God. And that miracle working power of God is going to empower you for miracles and is going to empower you to be a witness for Jesus to the ends of the earth. Look, don't worry about that so much. Maybe one day that'll be God's will for your life. Wonderful. Praise God. But right now, the moment you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, you're anointed to be you're empowered to be a witness to your neighbors, to your co-workers, to your family members, to your, to your community, to those in your church. And praise God. I, I don't do enough of that. But I don't want to digress. Let's go to Mark 16, verses 14 through 18. This is the same conversation, but we get a little bit different, you know, some different aspects of that conversation. But I, if you study it carefully, it's the same conversation, last conversation that Jesus had with his disciples before he went back to heaven. Listen to what he says in Mark 16. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. Listen to what God says is his will for your life. Every one of us should get baptized with the Holy Spirit. Every one of us, once once we become a Christian, we are anointed and empowered through the authority of Jesus to, to cast out demons. To, you know, when we get the baptism of the Holy Spirit, 
we will speak in new tongues. You know, I, I, I have a whole teaching on this, but let me just say God's will for every Christian is that you speak in new tongues. That word new in the Greek is kainos. It's a new tongue. It's not a earthly tongue. It's not the, it's not what they call genos tongues. That's uh, what happens in Acts chapter two, where everybody hears in their own language. God has a private prayer language for every single Christian. And in that prayer language, you pray the perfect will of God, literally that your spirit, which is united with the spirit of God, prays through you. That's what happens when you're praying in new tongues. And that's God's will for your life, my brother and sister. Notice it says you'll place hands on sick people and they get well. God has called every single one of us into the healing ministry. I, I, you know, I just want to take that point there because, you know, prayer and healing, we absolutely, we are a place where people can come, learn about healing, get prayer for healing and see miracles. And so notice the importance of that verse there. Jehovah Rapha, healing people throughout the Old Testament in those days, healing everyone who came to Jesus for healing, healing everyone who came to the apostles for healing, and then saying, everyone who believes, every single believer should lay hands on sick people and see them get well. I mean, how do we doubt God's healing will? I don't know. You know, I know how we doubt it. It's because we look in the world around us and we see all the sick people. And hey, hey, let me just say, Right there with you. I understand. Absolutely heartbreaking, tragic, tragedy. But it's because it's because God's will isn't automatic. You know, the financial promises of God, the financial paradigm of God, it's not automatic. You have to learn how it works. You have to tithe. You have to give. You have to honor God with your finances. If you don't, you don't see the financial paradigm of the kingdom of God show up in your life. Well, healing's the same way. We have to learn how to see that power flow. Nobody would say that God's financial blessings are just automatic, that you can do whatever you want with your money and God's going to you know, bless your finances. Nobody would say that. But people think that God's healing will must be automatic, that it'll just automatically happen. And let me say again, I wish that's the way it worked. I really do. But it doesn't. We have to learn how the healing power of God flows, step in, learn how to receive it. And then we see those healing promises in our life. That bring God glory. Remember, all the promises bring God glory. So I know I've gone long. I know what you're thinking. Byron, you said a 30-minute teaching. And here we are at 45 minutes and 53 seconds. Well, I'm sorry. You know, and I guess it's because I'm sitting here at my desk and I have this time. I guess it's because I'm fired up about the class. But I'm even more fired up about the scriptures that we've looked at because they are God's will for your life. And if this material is new for you, then come on down, come to the class. Let me know if you can't make the class, we'll get you some resources. We'll get you some materials and you can start walking and living in these deeper, these deeper subjects because they are God's will for your life. Look, let me just say in closing, thank you for taking this time with me. Thank you for listening. I, I'm always available uh, if you want to pray, if you want to talk, if you want some books or some resources, I'm happy to share. Please, please, you know, for anybody that might be interested in coming to prayer and healing, share this with them. Please give this to them. Let them decide for themselves because this is a powerful class. We are so blessed. And forget me for a minute. 
If you couldn't stand this message, you know, okay, I get it. I'm sorry. Not for you. But you know what is going to be good? All these other anointed men and women of God that are going to be teaching over this semester. It's going to be powerful. I mean, the presence of God is in that classroom. I tell you what. So uh, I pray that you join us. I pray that this blessed you. Thank you for joining me tonight. And uh, we'll talk again soon.